Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. This is the part where instead of listening to the really good music, we insert some stupid dad joke. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you for the uh, first show of July. In fact, it is uh, July 3rd here in the United States uh, in tonight's show in Pipe Parts. I'm going to do my review of Dorisco Mixture from uh, J.J. Fox. And then my guest is uh, pastor, author, radio personality, Steve Brown. And uh, it was a lot of fun to sit down and meet him over the phone. And I am uh, looking forward to meeting him in person. So we'll have his visit with us. Then uh, music for the holiday, mailbag, and a, another quick, uh, a, a quick rave. All that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, a belated happy Canada Day to our Canadian listeners. And for those of you here in the United States, a happy 4th of July. So this is essentially the week where uh, uh, North America celebrates uh, leaving British control. And uh, and I, I, think, I think now the Brits might look back on it and be kind of happy about it, but... Uh, yeah, it's a strange 4th of July for us in that it's in the middle of the week, so a lot of people have taken the whole week off. A lot of people are taking half the week off. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but this is one of the few holidays where we don't move the date of it around to make it convenient to work with a uh, to work with a three or four day weekend all the time. So we get a Wednesday 4th of July this year, where hopefully you'll get a chance to. Uh, Get outside, cook out a little bit, or uh, go see some fireworks, and uh, you know maybe make some fire and smoke come out of your pipe. All right, we got a big show ahead of us. Let's get the show rolling. Everybody, sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archipelago red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. We are back and uh, going to uh, back to tobacco reviews and James J. Fox or J.J. Fox, the uh, tobacconist from London that uh, uh, sold off the tobacco brands, I believe. But anyway, uh, this one was again recommended by Rick Newcomb to review and it's just simply called uh, Fox Dorisco Mixture, D-O-R-I-S-C-O. Uh, the label just says uh, pipe tobacco mixture, London, Dublin, and then has the health warning on it. So that's that's all the information you get. Now, I did a quick little Google search to uh, learn a little bit more about it. And uh, Dorisco turns out to be a, uh, uh, well, it's, it's a fortified settlement about 10 kilometers from the sea. Uh, in Greece along what is now the Turkish border. And, uh, yeah, it goes back to 500 B.C. So I'm I'm assuming that's where they got the name for it. And because of its origin being uh, Greek, I would expect some 
sort of an oriental uh, component to this tobacco, but I don't really detect one. So let's go all the way back to the tin opening, and and again, it's a uh, it's a simple round 50 gram tin. I bought this tin about three months ago, and uh, it it looks like once I opened it, it's got the uh, lovely little uh, paper you know paper cover, and then the uh, and then the coffee filter lining. Uh, it comes from Cole House and Cop, who also makes the, uh, I believe, makes the Presbyterian, but I could be wrong. Um, and it, it just it looks like it's been in this tin for a while. Uh, there's some yellow staining to the paper and a little bit of dinginess to it. But anyway, I've opened it up and smoked four or five bowls out of it. And just, again, a, a little reminder of the, uh, of the tin note, because... On TobaccoReviews.com, the blend description is Latakia, Perique, and Virginia, and then the catalog line from Fox is Pure Perique, derived from tobacco smoked by American Indians in their pipes of peace, has been added to a base of of coarse-cut Virginia mixture to give a distinct flavor to this hand-blended mixture. Uh... That's from the old label, and I'm, yeah, I, I originally I thought I would get some Orientals out of it from its name, but there's not any really detectable Orientals. Uh, then there seems to be the confusion over whether or not it has Latakia in it. Um, I can tell you that it does have Perique, and it looks like from the blend that there's some maybe some Virginia Cavendish and then there's some very long cut Virginia and some cross cut Virginia. So it could have a little bit of Latakia in there. Uh, In the first sniff of the tin, you get a slight hint of that smokiness that is true to Latakia. Uh, But I've smoked again five bowls now and I found that the difference between a small pipe and a larger pipe is in the small pipe the blend tended to get a little hot in a larger pipe it didn't get quite as hot and it stayed fairly well lit and even uh looking down in the bowl the uh the the ash is fairly light gray and Kind of that light puffy ash instead of the wet clumpy. Um, me being the uh, non-lover of Latakia, I think there's a little bit in there. Maybe on the 3% range and maybe that's just to add a little bit of a uh, smokiness behind it and kind of help the Cavendish you know, not be as sweet and work with the Latakia. Um, I think it might be in there to help cool the blend down a little bit. I didn't find the Latakia to be a problem at all for me smoking. I didn't find it to have a problem on the aftertaste. I didn't find it to be a problem in the back of my throat. So, uh, pleasantly surprised. Probably not one that I'm going to smoke a lot indoors because... Uh, it tended to have, I think the room note was a little more intense than the flavor out of the, out of the pipe itself. Um, now going through, uh, going through tobacco reviews, I found a four star review from Stevie B who has uh, 1647 reviews and it says my tin contains equal measure of black, light brown, dark brown pieces. Mine had a perfect amount of moisture to enable quickly lighting. To me, it tastes a little different to what I'd expect from something labeled English. It isn't only a smoky taste, there's more depth. The Perique answerable is the Perique's answerable for this sharpness, spiciness, and it gives my tongue a cold sensation becoming spicier as the bowl burns. Rather than just smoke, the flavor from the Latakia, although it does have a slight smokiness, is buttery, woody, and savory as well. 
The Virginia gives a hay-like taste for the initial quarter, but gets masked by the other two as the bowl burns down. I noticed no added flavorings, and it seems natural. It burns brilliantly. Um, and then on the contrary, a Greek pipe smoker wrote, A friend insisted that I should try this blend when I read reviews about this blend. I couldn't wait. Once you crack the tin, a tense smell comes out. Coals, fire, dark fruits, and pepper notes. The tin moisture is okay, packs okay, and lights easy. A few relights needed, though. While burning the flavors are strong, combining dark fruits, a few citruses, coals, and a muddy flavor that was very tense. The peppery notes were in the background with some sourness. Burn slow and medium hot. The nicotine level is medium, leaves a bit of moisture at the end of the bowl. No tongue bite for me. The room note is unbearable. It was the first time my wife complained about a pipe tobacco room note. Definitely not an all-day smoke. This muddy flavor ruined everything. I believe the flavors do not combine well with each other. Um, so there's two different, <laughs> two different views to it. I think my tin might have uh, a year or two of age on it compared to uh, what some of these guys have said. So, Dorisco mixture, uh, definitely one that I think I will, uh, I'll, I'll buy a few and keep them on hand as an alternative, maybe for an outdoor. I think it might work well on a uh, cooler evening. So, check it out. And in just a moment, my visit with Steve Brown. This is Internet Radio. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show, and I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm excited because my guest is not a pipe maker, not a tobacconist, not a pipe collector. He is a pipe smoker and the founder of the uh, of the Key Life Network a uh, radio show host himself so i'm kind of scared and a little nervous but uh former pastor author and we'll get into all this but uh, steve brown welcome to the pipes magazine radio show hey brian i've been looking forward to this i do a lot of interviews i think this is gonna be the <laughs> most fun one i've ever done it it, it is a little different uh, being on the other end isn't it <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but it's going to be good. I'm enjoy. I'm going to enjoy talking with you. So you, uh, you actually let, let's go all the way back to the beginning because you grew up in the great state of North Carolina. I did. I grew up in Asheville, on the wrong side of the tracks in West Asheville. <laughs> and uh, if you're familiar with Asheville you know that all of a sudden it's become kind of an in place. <laughs> and so when I go back and tell people I'm from West Asheville, they're impressed. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, fancy guy. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've come up in the world. Uh, so was it, was it in Asheville that you realized that, I, I don't know how to say this, properly but was that when you as a as a teenager growing up is that kind of when you received your calling well i tell you brian it's i'm kind of different i uh i've always known that i was going to be a religious type uh my and there was no reason for that when other kids were going to be cowboys and uh, Indians and policemen and firemen, I knew what I was going to be. And uh, that wasn't a family thing. My father was a drunk, and uh, and I loved him, but he was a drunk, and so not very religious. 
my mother was sort of religious. She read the Bible in the morning, but she taught me how to cuss in the afternoon. <laughs> so it was not an overly religious family. Uh, but that my earliest memories was knowing that I was going to be doing this. And do you want to know why? Because yeah. God knew that I would hate the job and that I would leave if he didn't hammer it in early. So <laughs> so I knew early on that I was – so the call happened almost when I was four or five years old. And uh, I've gone through a period of atheism, of doubt. I graduated from a graduate school at Boston University. And I went there mainly because they didn't believe anything, and I didn't either. And I could still be a reverend. So I'm kind of a weird duck. And then later on, and by the way, Brian, I really believe all this stuff. And um, I served as a pastor for 25 years and a seminary professor. I still am. And, uh, you know, and I do, as you mentioned, I do a lot of radio and writing, but there hasn't been a single day when I'd rather, when I haven't thought I'd rather live in a log cabin in North Carolina in the mountains and sit on the porch and smoke my pipe. <laughs> so when, when did the, uh, when did the pipe smoking start? I hope it wasn't at four or five years old. No, I, but everybody in those days, everybody I knew smoked. So it was, uh, you know, that's changed. And, and you know, you're ugly and your mother dresses you funny if you smoke today. The truth is, um, uh, probably in my teens, I started smoking cigarettes. And I did a morning show in Boston for a long time. And, uh, I was smoking cigarettes at the time, and I, um, I'd finish a pack of cigarettes before I'd get off the air in the morning, and then I'd smoke a pack or two the rest of the day, and then I started doing the pastor thing, and you can't smoke cigarettes and be a preacher, uh, but you can get away with a pipe. They'll they'll think you're smart and stuff. And they'll tell you you're going to hell if you smoke cigarettes. So I tried switching to a pipe, and it was hard to start. I was in my 20s. I used to take, <laughs> Brian, I used to take cigarette packs and peel out all the tobacco <laughs> and put it in my pipe and smoke it. <laughs> and then... Um, and then after a while, uh, you know, you smoke cigarettes because of a habit. You smoke a pipe because of a lifestyle. I mean, it's more than just a habit. It's You like pipes the way they look. Uh, there's a kind of fellowship of pipe and cigar smokers. And I, <laughs> You want to hear a good story? Yeah, please. Um, I was speaking, preaching at a big church here in Orlando. They have seven services. And I was going to use an illustration about my pipe, about my pipe in heaven. And I said, look, I know you guys are, and there were probably a thousand people in that service and, and 10,000 before the weekend was over. And I said, Look, I'm an old guy. Don't send me letters. A lot of people more spiritual than you are trying to get me to stop. And they weren't successful, and you didn't either. And you won't be either. So I said that a pipe was kind of like heaven. You know, when you're in a dull faculty meeting and you hate it, you think, if I can just get through this, I can smoke my pipe. Or if the sermon is really boring, you can think if I can just hang on. When this is over, I'm going to be able to smoke my pipe. <laughs> and uh, the heavens like that. If once we, if we can get through this, heaven's going to be like smoking a pipe. It'll be a great relief. <laughs> and, and Brian, I got more letters than you can believe. But the next time I was at that church and standing at the door. 
guys were putting pipes and cigars in my pocket. And <laughs> so much so, I had to get a bag to carry them all. And they started a Bible study in that church, and it's still going on. And it's, you know what they call it? They call it Holy Smokes. And guys who smoke pipes and cigars get together and study the Bible together. So I'll, I'll I'll tell you a little story about me because I'm I'm 100% Jewish on both sides of my family was raised in a uh, in a in a very uh, a very liberal Jewish family where we had a Christmas tree although sometimes we referred to it as the Hanukkah bush <laughs> depending on who was coming over uh, but to my to my mother's detriment who uh, is an anti smoker and never listens to the show this far into it so I don't have to worry about telling this story. <laughs> Uh, I started going to a Bible study at the local pipe and cigar shop here in Charlotte about 10 years ago and <laughs> will occasionally pop back there. And it's a good, it's a great group of guys. Oh, it is. It, you know, when you get, when you sit around to smoke, people that don't smoke or listening to this won't understand this, but there's a camaraderie and a closeness, you know, <laughs> You, they don't let you smoke anywhere any anymore, and yeah. so I spend a lot of time traveling in hotels. So I go out. You have to go outside to smoke, and I've met some of the best people in the world. There's a kind of fellowship of smokers because there are not <laughs> many of us left, and um, there is that thing that you discovered in the smoke shop about guys sitting around talking about whatever the Bible or God or politics that makes it, uh, makes it better. By the way, um, I, uh, um, I have a great, great love for Israel and for Jews. And, uh, and, uh, sometimes I wish I were one. I'm, I can't tell you. I, I have done the research I went to Israel to do the research on a book on anti-Semitism, and I never published it because some other guys wrote one at the same time, and I didn't have to. But I, but I wanted a book that my daughters and granddaughters could read and understand about the tragedy that uh, that Jews have gone through throughout history. And a lot of that uh, was caused by Christians. And yeah. I, I feel whenever I talk to Jewish friends, I feel constrained to say, look, I am so sorry for what was done in the name of Jesus. And I hope you'll find some way to forgive me and my family for what we did. And I was going to write a book about it. I still have the research on it. So I'm glad to be talking to a Jewish friend, Brian. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the the joke around our family was, well, if we're God's chosen people, we'd like to be unchosen sometimes. Yeah, right. <laughs> God, would it, could you choose somebody else? <laughs> yeah. uh, so let, let's go back to pipe smoking for just a minute. Do you kind of remember what the first real pipe tobacco experience was like? Did you... Did did you torture yourself and uh, and catch your tongue on fire? No, but I I do. You know, if you smoke a pipe, you a, a different than cigarettes. And I've smoked a pipe for thirty years. But if you smoke a pipe, it you know it goes out, so you can put it in your pocket. Yeah. So once a year, <laughs> I lose a sports coat from my pipe <laughs> catching my coat on fire. And uh, I was I was lecturing one of my classes. It was a large class, maybe fifty students, and and uh, the boy on the front row had his hand up, and I and I said, "Son, I'll get to you in a minute." And then he started waving his hand. And then I said, son, I said, I'm going to get to you in a minute. He said, Dr. Brown, I hate to interrupt you, but you're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and, and smoke was coming out my pocket. 
And uh, I, my closest friend calls me the smoking professor, not because I smoke, <laughs> but because I was on fire. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I can remember really beginning, you know, once I got over the putting cigarette tobacco in a pipe, um, I, I, I can remember uh, trying a lot of different pipe tobaccos and liking some and not liking others. For about 10 years, I mixed my own tobacco. And uh, then I couldn't get some of the tobacco. It was that amphora yep. that you're familiar with, and, and yeah. they didn't ship it anymore. And so I went to a smoke shop, and they mixed something sort of like that for me. But I... I um, I can remember very much liking a pipe. And though I'm not a connoisseur and I don't, uh, you know, I couldn't tell you one pipe from another. If you do what I do and, um, and they know you smoke a pipe, I get pipes from all over. I mean, I have, you have no idea how many pipes I have. And uh, how many people send me tobacco? And tobacco's as personal as underwear. So oh, yeah. most tobaccos people send me, I don't like. But I've got a pile of pipes. Some of them are really expensive, I'm told. And some of them are the cheap ones. And occasionally people will give me a corn cob. It's just a gift to, from them to you because they know you absolutely enjoy what, you know, yeah. smoking a pipe. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it'll be in the family. I've got a lady and a, a man and a lady. By the way, he, my friend's in the hospital this morning with heart surgery. And he does not smoke, by the way. And he's, but at any rate, uh, his wife went on a mission trip, and she hates smokers. She tries to get me to quit all the time. <laughs> and uh, it, when she was she was in Cuba, and brought me back a pipe as a gift, and that happens a lot. I mean, I for birthdays and Christmas, people will give me pipes, and mostly I can do okay with any pipe. There's some that are just awful, <laughs> uh, but I, but, um, so I have a bunch of pipes and sometimes when they get so many that I don't know what to do with them, I give them to friends. That's a perfect place for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more with uh, with, with with the smoking with, with the smoking professor, Doctor Steve Brown. So, <laughs> stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation, from the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal Low Country. It's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, We've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco. Blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellandDeal.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show talking about, uh, you know, maybe the, maybe, maybe Steve, maybe that's the, uh, maybe that's the spirit rising up out of you when you're, when you're, uh, when your sports coat catches on fire. Say that again. What? Maybe that's the, maybe that's the Holy Spirit coming up out of you when your, <laughs> when your sports coat catches on fire. You know, I wish it were, but, and, and, uh, you know, I'm, so pedestrian about everything, Brian. I have about 10 
blue blazers <laughs> and uh, and 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 a thousand khaki pants and the only thing that I look different in is the color of the shirt. Uh, but a friend of mine, the same one that calls me the smoking professor, he says, I have to have that many coats cause I'm always burning them up. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell your missionary friend that about, uh, four years ago on the, on this show, I had a, a missionary who, uh, who goes back and forth between West Africa and there's a, a terrible cigarette smoking problem amongst the men in, in parts of West Africa because the cigarettes are cheap and they're nasty and they're readily yeah. available. And he actually started in, through, his, through his missionary trips a uh, pipe smoking club in West Africa and <laughs> the uh, the listeners of this show we raised uh, I think we raised about 80 to 100 pipes and donated a whole bunch of tobacco and I got pictures of this uh, uh, of this missionary West African Brian, pipe club I'm an old guy but that's the first time I ever heard of mission work being done with pipes yep. I like it a lot yeah uh, so speaking of pipes, you've you've sometimes come under fire or been criticized for being photographed with your pipe, talking about your pipes and your in your writings and your sermons and uh, Oh yeah. Oh, you have no idea. I mean there you know what smoking Nazis are like. Yeah. They're and the worst are the ones that used to smoke and don't anymore and they <laughs> go after you. And if you're a preacher like I am I mean, I get it. For years, this the 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 ministry that I'm associated with and founded is called Key Life Network, and we do a lot of videos. We do seminars and books. We have a book publishing company, and we're on about 600 radio stations with different programs. And for years, I couldn't. I mean, I didn't let people know that I smoked a pipe because I couldn't deal with the criticism. But one of the good things, Brian, about being old is I don't give a rip. <laughs> and so, and yeah. so I, I'll use it as an illustration now. But, you know, you get religious people can be really, and they're my family. So, Brian, I'm talking about people I love a lot. But boy, when they when they are against something, man, get out of the way, and you wouldn't believe the letters when people would find out I was that I smoked a pipe. I mean, I get letters telling me how to quit. They send me chewing gum. They send me that anti-smoking literature. You <laughs> be glad you're Jewish and you're running a podcast and a radio program on smoking because they leave you alone. Um, sometimes. <laughs> uh, usually it's from my family. Uh, but <laughs> oh, yeah, I get that. Uh, is there is there any foundation to the more fundamental complaints of uh, of anti smoking amongst religion? Does it does it go back into the addictive? You know, don't don't let any don't let anything of the earth become a master over you kind of. Yeah, of course, that's a part of it to the more thoughtful ones. But there's a spurious kind of theology that goes among my family, and it, and it's really kind of neurotic. And, and it goes this way, that if you like it, it's probably a sin. And if you don't like it, it can't possibly be a sin. <laughs> and so that, that creates a kind of thing. And then they say, you know, your body is the temple of the spirit, and you uh, you shouldn't, you know, hurt your body. And smoking does, and I suppose it does. I, you know, I don't want to get into that argument. No. But a pipe less than cigarettes, and I don't like cigarettes anymore. I don't like to be around them. But uh, pipes different. Now, do you, how often during the day do you get a chance to smoke your pipe? Uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in my study. We have a building in Orlando, 
uh, Key Life Networks building where we have our studios and offices, and it's on two floors. And the law in uh, in Florida says you can't smoke in office buildings. Well, I built this thing, and it's mine, and I'm the boss. So I tell the staff people, I'm going to shut the door, and I'm going to smoke in my study. And if you tell the police, I'm going to close this whole thing down, we're all going to be out of a job. <laughs> and they laugh, <laughs> and they don't mind. Besides, I use a really nice-smelling tobacco, a good aromatic. And uh, so I don't get many, but I smoke in my office. Uh, I smoke at home in my study at home. My wife would prefer that I not smoke all over the house. So I go in my study or out on the patio. And um, and in places where I speak, if they're friends, and I spend a lot of time on the road, uh, people who know me and love me will provide a break in whatever I'm doing so I can go out and get a smoke. So I get to smoke a lot. <laughs> and and with the Florida weather, you get to smoke outside comfortably, except That's for the three, except for the That's three o'clock true. afternoon rain. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I travel. I travel up north. Even Charlotte can yeah. be cold. I've stayed in a lot of hotels in Charlotte and gone out and frozen to death just to get a smoke. <laughs> yep. Do you do you find that when you're writing or when when you're preparing that it it does help you if you're puffing on your pipe while you're doing that? You know, yes. Um there's some, and that's all a part of pipe smoking. Pipe smoking has a kind of contemplative feel about it. It that other kinds of smoking, certain not even cigars give you that feel. A pipe is kind of a place to relax. It has a quiet, contemplative feel to it. And I do a lot of writing, so I think smoking a pipe probably is a helpful accoutrement for, you know, uh, for writing. And is, when you're writing, is there, a, is there a specific style of pipe that you prefer? Do you, do you, does a bent pipe feel better while you're sitting there writing than if you, say, if you're out and about and you might have a, a different size pipe? You know, I really don't much. I, uh, I generally, at any time, will have four or five pipes that I smoke in rotation and I don't even know the brand and uh, I rotate them because they smoke better you know if you smoke the same one two three days in a row it's better to rotate it so it's not a particular pipe uh, that I smoke when I'm uh, writing it's just whatever pipes in the rotation at that time See, and you said you weren't one of those high-tony uh, pipe-smoking guys, but you know enough to rotate your pipes and allow them to cool down and dry out in between smokes. Well, if you've done this for 25 or 30 years, you'll learn a little bit. <laughs> but I'm really not a, con a connoisseur. That's why when my assistant said that I was going to do an interview about pipe-smoking, I said, you're kidding. Uh, every time I write a book, the publisher sets up interviews everywhere. And I'm always talking about religion and God and stuff. I've never done an interview on pipe smoking. And she said, this is going to be fun. And I said, but I don't know anything about it. And she said, it's still going to be fun. And you'll use it as a sermon illustration, and I probably will. You'll, you'll get to talk about church wardens instead of church going. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's true, man. Uh, do you, do you have any, I got to ask you, do you have any church wardens or really, really long-stemmed pipes? No, I run most of them off. I'm not a pastor of a church anymore. I did that for a lot of years. I teach young men to be pastors and how to talk so people will listen. I wrote a book that was titled that, 
how to talk so people will listen. And they sell them in Walmart and Winn-Dixie and airports and stuff. But uh, generally, uh, the people that are, I mean, really smoking Nazis, they throw their rocks and leave. Uh, <laughs> so the people who stay are people who aren't as angry as they are. So the, the website is keylife.org, K-E-Y-L-I-F-E dot O-R-G. Uh, there, Steve, there's a there's a list of your a list of your books that are there. There's you've got multiple other authors. Looks like you even have another pipe smoking author there too. Uh, uh, there are there's some there. You know, we have. I'm an old guy, Brian, and uh, my staff here prepare for DD Day. That's the day Steve drools or dies, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, they, and and so we bring in a lot of young voices into Key Life uh, who are sharp and uh, and really, if you go to that website, keylife.org, you'll meet a lot of young people. And uh, some of them do smoke a pipe, believe it or not. And, and being around all those young people helps keep you young. You know, it really does. I did a video uh, thing yesterday, interview out on the dock here in Orlando with 10 young guys. And, and you know, when I was driving, I, when I was driving away from it, I thought to myself, I have loved this time with these young guys. And you're right. Uh, it keeps me feeling kind of young, too. And it, and, I've poked around. I've read several of your articles. I, I clicked on a few of the videos in, in preparation, which normally I don't prepare for an interview because I, it's a pipe maker or pipe smoker or pipe collector, and I know enough about it that I can just get through it. But <laughs> you've got you, you've got some great stuff on here. And on top of that, I think it's, you know, for those that may not fall directly in line with your christian values and views there's still some great writing and and it's all talking about a higher spirit it really is brian in fact i'm gonna put you on commission for pushing it <laughs> <laughs> but it is it's a very uh it's a different kind of website with different kind of writers and they're very good and gifted and by the way brian you don't have to be you don't have to be religious to get something out of it. What they're saying is pretty good. But as I said at the beginning of this interview, I believe all this stuff. You know, I kid about it, and I'm not angry about it, but I'm a convinced believer, and uh, that drives people nuts, too. <laughs> well, Steve, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. And since you haven't heard the show before, these are all brand new to you. So I'm kind of looking forward to your answers. And I'm looking forward to listening to your show a lot more now that I know about it. Uh, here comes the questions. Are you ready? All right. I'm ready. What is your favorite pipe? The last one I'm smoking. I'm trying to see if there's a label on the one I've been smoking while we were talking. <laughs> I think, you know, this is a handmade pipe. It doesn't have a, a name on it. Somebody made it and gave it to me. So the last, the answer is the last pipe I was smoking. And, and, so, and, and oftentimes the answer that some people give is whatever pipe I'm smoking right now. <laughs> Brian, you are an absolute delight. I've loved this. Well, we got we got four more questions. Here comes the next one. What is okay. your what is your favorite tobacco? I tell you, I'm currently smoking Captain Black, and I buy it in bulk. Uh, I had a professor friend whose wife made him quit smoking his pipe, and he had a good stock of Captain Black, and he gave it to me. <laughs> and uh and i kind of liked it i like and my wife liked the smell of it as i told you i used to mix my tobaccos and then i would buy it at a smoke shop 
until he went bankrupt. And when I smoked Captain Black, I thought I can deal with this. And so that's the pipe tobacco of choice that I smoke pretty much. And I buy it in bulk. It's the number one selling pipe tobacco in the world. So you, you, you can't be too wrong. So I'm in a big crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when it, uh, what's your favorite drink? Well, if you do what I do, Brian, you get to choose drinking and smoking or cussing. <laughs> you can only choose one. And I've already chosen two, so I don't drink. <laughs> if, you're out, if you're asking about adult beverages, so I kind of like, uh, I don't know, maybe a Coke. That's the fun part for me about that question is that some people automatically think that it's an adult beverage. Other people, like mine, is coffee. Uh, even <laughs> well, on our trips. I drink, I drink enough coffee to float a battleship most <laughs> days, so I like coffee too. Even on our trips to uh, Walt Disney World in the middle of the summer at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I still need my coffee, and I might be the only one there but the hot coffee is <laughs> hot coffee is actually cooler than the weather is outside at four o'clock in the afternoon. But that is true. That's funny. Um, but I like coffee about as much as you do. And when when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Book. I'm a reader. Yeah. So I read I read two or three books a week, so I'd like to read. Oh, boy. And then the final question is, do you have a uh, favorite pipe-smoking-related memory that we haven't talked about and probably would not include you burning your own clothing? Um, <laughs> I, there's a guy, you don't know the name, but his name's R.C. Sproul. And R.C.'s one of the most famous, he died about last year, but he was one of the most famous theologians in the country. And uh, we were at a conference together in an airport, and he was smoking a cigarette. And we were having lunch, and this voice came from across the restaurant, Dr. Spohl, I can't believe this. And he put his hand by, with his cigarette in it behind my head <laughs> and uh, to hide it while this lady kept telling him how wonderful he was. And my the back of my head was getting pretty hot. <laughs> and so I thought the woman was never going to shut up and leave. <laughs> and when she finally left, I said to him, Spo, I'm never doing that for you again. We're going to go and find a pipe, and I'm going to teach you how to smoke it. Uh, you can get away with that. You can't smoke cigarettes. And so I took him out, and we bought two pipes. I showed him how to pack it and light it and smoke it. And so when he died, he died a happy man because he was a pipe smoker. A wonderful story, and it's, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, it, it's been wonderful, and I feel uh, blessed to have gotten this chance to talk to you and meet you, and, uh, and, I, and I guarantee you on the next trip to Orlando, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know in advance, and if you're in town, we'll get together and we'll be uh, two pipe smokers sitting there puffing somewhere. Brian, you are a delight. I have loved this time with you, and I'll look forward to our paths crossing. Bless you, brother. We'll be back in just a minute. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. This is Internet Radio. I am back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and I do highly suggest that you uh, take a look at uh, take a look at Steve's website, keylife.org. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to getting down to Orlando and sitting and having a pipe with Steve. All right, uh, for music, the third and final part of Dan Locklear's Symphony Number no. Two, America. This is the movement for the Fourth of July, and of course we've 
played them slightly out of order, but uh, this one is uh, quite special. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy.
is from the uh, a recording from the live performance that my wife and I attended uh, last fall, and uh, there's a couple parts in there that uh, that still give me the chills. I can't wait for it to be recorded uh, for uh, and available for sale. And in the mailbag, this was just announced this week. Uh, the Pipe Smokers Gathering, September 29th, 2018 in Midlothian, Virginia. It is, uh, it's being billed as uh, the Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers proudly announces the Pipe Smokers Gathering. It's a one-day event from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. September 29th, Midlothian, Virginia, just outside of Richmond, Virginia. For information, you can go to the Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers org or their Facebook page. Uh, just look for Richmond Pipe Smokers, and they've got uh, table reservations and all kinds of information there. So that's uh, coming up right around the corner. Uh, in the mailbag from last week, uh, the first stories with Alan Schwartz. New Broom writes an amazing conversation with an amazing individual. Shows how pipes and tobacco can bridge generations like nothing else. I look forward to as much time recorded with Alan as you've got, Brian. Take it easy this summer if you can. Your loyal six-chord guitar-playing listener, Mike. <laughs> Mike, you're, uh, you're about three chords ahead of me. Uh, and then he said, I've got a story about a great jazz guitarist, Lenny Bro Briau. Uh, anyway, we'll have to hear that sometime. And then Casey Ghost says, this was a very enjoyable show. I was also born in New York, Brooklyn, actually, but moved when I was two, so I don't remember any of it. I've enjoyed the numerous shows I've seen of New York with the stoops and the kids playing ball in the streets. Outside of an academic setting, calling a Ph.D. doctor is very pretentious. Uh, great interview, and I look forward to more. I'm sure that someone sometime, someplace enjoyed the music. <laughs> Uh, and then Dino says, Alan Schwartz is a terrific raconteur, and I can't wait to hear the rest of your conversations. Nice way to bait us for all the summer shows. You are a master. Thank you. Uh, Dan, I too was born in New York, Astoria actually, but was moved to Chicago when I was one. Yet we in Chicago in the 1950s had most of the same urban games and street life that New Yorkers like Alan enjoyed. Another fine show, Brian. Thanks, Dino. And remember, if you have comments or questions, email me, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com or go to PipesMagazine.com and post them on the radio show page there. If you have any suggestions for the show, you can do the same. And you can also follow me on Facebook or friend request me on Facebook or you can uh, follow the Pipes Magazine radio show on Facebook and uh, not always the best way to get my attention there, but I do try to check it on a uh, semi-regular basis. But anyway, there you go. And I got a couple of comments from people about how they did like the music and a couple of other comments from people about how much they enjoy fireflies or lightning bugs like I do. All right, rant time in just a moment. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at Smokingpipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. Cowboy. Cowboy. Mm -hmm. 
This past week, I began volunteering with the local Humane Society. It's an independent chapter, not associated with the national one. They need all the help they can get. And I decided that that was a good use of my time, was to spend a couple of afternoons a week down there helping, doing whatever they need help with. And let me tell you what I'm most impressed with so far. Uh, not the not the other volunteers, not the people that volunteer, the people that work there. They work there in some of the toughest conditions. They have to make do with what they can get. They have to improvise. And most of those people are way overtrained for what they're doing in a simple adoption Uh, in a simple adoption center with a very simple spay-neuter clinic and some basic health care for the animals. But most of those people are way overtrained, but they're there because they love the animals, they want to do the best for the animals they can, and they work in, you know, just... Just some of the some of the poorest conditions. Just a, a a simple thing of like a washing machine drain going having to the hose having to go into a sink because they don't have the proper floor or wall drain for a washing machine. But just that simple thing and these people are there every day working as hard as they can because they love the animals, they want to help the animals, and they want the animals to be happy, healthy while they're waiting to find their new home, so a big shout out to those people that work in uh, in those situations, and I'm sure all around the country and all around the world, you'll find other people that are working in charities or nonprofits that are just doing what they can to get by with it and uh, trying to do the best they can. Well, my thoughts go out to you. All right, uh, turned out to be a much longer show than I thought it would be. Hope everybody has a safe and happy 4th of July. I want to thank Steve Brown very much for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Brian, I'm going to be honest with you, that smells like pure gasoline. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time.